Hello, everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chonko, and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Today's guest is Nate Welch, the Vice President of Operations for Crossgates Family Fitness, on the topic of culture. We discuss why Nate was drawn to Crossgates due to its positive culture, the importance of core values to a brand's success, ways to reinforce culture through hiring and training, and much more. Enjoy. Hi, Nate. Welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Awesome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Um, Well, I want to start off by just getting a little bit of background on you personally and how you got your start in the fitness industry, because it wasn't necessarily your intention, right? (laughs) No, it was not. Not at all. So uh, it's a funny story. Actually, um, my education is in the finance world. Um, and so that was like a, I was headed towards, um, you know, doing this this kind of an investment um, uh, banking route and um, realized that, um, you know, that I what I really wanted out of life might be a little bit different than what that track provided when it comes to a family. And um, I grew up in the South. And so my uncle uh, pulled me to the side um, and basically sat down and uh, had one of those uncle nephew conversations to, to say, hey, let's just look forward a little bit in your life. And that's when he um, he basically recruited me to come work at Crossgates Family Fitness uh, as a membership sales representative. So uh, and basically said, man, I, I really think I um, I think you you would do really, really well. So he um, he's the one that recruited me back uh, into the fitness industry. Never really did sports or working out much growing up or anything like that. So n- nothing else compelled me other than just that kind of familial relationship and his impact on my life. Yeah, very cool. For those who don't know, um, his uncle is Larry Welch, the owner of Cross- co-owner of Crossgates. So yeah, very cool story. Yeah, yeah it is pretty. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yes. Are you glad that he recruited you? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been a wonderful, you know, 12 plus years now, um, that we've been working together and, uh, I have learned so, so much and I'm really grateful that he took the time to, to have that conversation with me, um, all those years ago. Uh, it's funny. I, I sold, uh, Cutco knives back in college. Some people might've done that. That was the way I paid for school and did pretty well. Um, and that was something I think my uncle saw as well. He said, man, if, if you can do direct sales that way and, and sell that many knives yeah. <laughs> to people, uh, you could sell some membership. So that really did set me up to, um, you know, for one of the reasons he thought I'd be great in membership sales originally. Yeah, certainly. I knew some people who sold those knives and it was not easy. <laughs> No, no, it's great. You know, it's, it's fun. It's fun selling something that you enjoy. I mean, we still have ours today, right? So it was yeah. a, it was a good time period in life for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, interesting conversations with the past. I know one of the things that also drew you to the organization was the amazing culture that's been cultivated at Crossgates. So can you tell me just a little bit about it and maybe what some of your core values are as an organization? Absolutely. We, our core values are pretty simple. It's, we, we are, um, we are fun. We are family friendly and we care. 
that's our that's our core values. And um, I, obviously, it always starts with the leader. And I've had the benefit of observing my uncle my entire life. And I, when you step into Crossgates Family Fitness, you can see how him and my aunt collectively have built a culture that really reflects, um, you know, much of what I experienced growing up as a Welch. And so, um, you know, they always say that the leader is the one that brings so much of that culture. And that's so, so true, right? Um, there's just a deep love for for family and that that encompasses, you know, both the idea of community. Um, it encompasses the idea that it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how, you know, if you're a firstborn, second, like it, there's just all people coming together, finding that community, bonding, building trust with each other and enjoying those relationships at the deepest level um, and and being um being a fun part of that community, right? I mean, we talk a lot um, about that and um, man, it it really is like, we like to have fun. (laughs) Uh, We like to cut up and joke and enjoy one another's company. Um, And that, that translates all the way through to, to our members. And so um, I, I would say the, the last thing is like care and there's lots that goes into care, but for sure, um, I would say one is that we take what we do serious. Like we put very careful intentionality into every little thing that we do. Um, we, we want to find ways to kind of reach outside of ourselves. Um, uh, we realize that part of being in a community is being selfless right? And it's learning to think more of others. And, and that shows itself in the way we care, right? Through our actions and our words. And so uh, I have seen that be true um, in um, my, my uncle's life over and over again, even when it didn't make sense, right? When it was, you know, something where it would be someone that, that needed, needed help and um, you know, he, he'd be really easy to be the guy that his schedule's always full, you know, or there's some other better use of his time, but he would make it a point to say, no, that's, that's a person. I, I want them to know that I care no matter what their status was or their background or, or any of that. So, um, it's definitely, you know, something that has been evident and true from day one for me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, just hearing your all's background and story too, on some of the things that the organization has gone through, it's very apparent that caring is a huge part of it. Um, I mean, you guys had a fire early on in the company's years um, formation where the, I, I guess my point is, I feel like the community really cares about you all just as much as you care about them. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I don't know how many people, you know, know the, the short version of Crossgate's uh, background, but my, uh, my aunt and uncle in the mid nineties bought um, Crossgate's family fitness uh, from, it was failing um, and from a developer and who, who didn't know how to, you know, run it successfully Um bought it. And then within six months of buying it, the entire thing burned down. (laughs) And, um, you know, at the time it was this big decision, like, okay, do we, do we take, you know, the, the insurance money? I mean, there's all kinds of ideas, but never once did they waver 
it was like, no, like we had the intention of making this something really special for, for this community, for, for families to be raised and um, to become, you know, br- basically bring the best of fitness to Slido, Louisiana. And so, um, and that's, that's absolutely come true over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And then you guys had a hurricane, <laughs> Hurricane yeah. Katrina. <laughs> just kept coming. I think by that point it was just muscle memory, right? It was like, yeah. well, of course, you know, of course we're going to survive this, right? Um, yeah. We're going to get through it, right? The same way um, we, we hurricanes seem to be a little bit more regular now. <laughs> we just had one a few years ago and we we're fortunate to get power returned quickly. And, and it was just like a, a no brainer. We just started having people show up because they knew member or not. Right. It was like, yeah. they were just coming in the doors, you know, because they needed kind of respite and they needed a place to, um, to be right. To kind of get away from everything that happened during, um, when Ida came through our area here recently. So, um, it's nice when those things are, they just know, right. That it's not even a question or is Crossgate's going to do that. It's just part of what happens. So yeah, part of your culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. Well, um, speak to me a little bit about how um, important the core values are and maybe your decision-making. Cause I think some people just kind of put core values up on a wall and they think that's kind of where it stops. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. I've, heard you know you hear that said it's probably you know a very overused uh statement in in a lot of ways but um for us it's it's definitely a a reality um i would tell you that probably one of the ones that we run into quite frequently is um kids and this is just a very practical one but we have family in our name for a reason (laughs) and that's because we really do have programs and services for all ages Um, and so we definitely have had a few times where we have members that will say you know man there's so many kids around here like you know i don't i don't love that right and we just have to be honest that that is a big component of who we are. And so, you know, if you want, you know, an adult, adult only place, um, we definitely have those places available in our club. It's not like we let kids roam through the entire facility. That would be, yeah. that'd be awful. Um, but we are going to create a pathway for kids to get into a healthy lifestyle. And that includes creating programs for them to get on the fitness floor, to enjoy fitness classes, to, um, we have a whole building, um, you know, with tens of thousands of square feet dedicated to kids programs um, and creating opportunity for them to grow and develop. So sometimes we get a little punished over those. And so I, I do believe that sometimes that is, um, you know, that's a good litmus test. When you're getting um, complaints or punishment, uh, as a, you could say it over your core values, well, you might, you might be onto something like, okay, maybe we're actually, this is becoming a culture and yeah. it's setting in. So that would definitely be a big one for us. Um, I think, too, another area would be in in capital improvements, right? When you think about where do you want to spend your money, um, and it's very hard because when you say all ages, you're almost saying everyone, right? But I would say that more often than not, we want to find areas that we can create 
more community in. Um, we did a, a huge renovation to our outdoor spaces recently and that was because we realized people really they like to treat us like a hometown resort and that's important to them right to facilitate their entire family it's something they can all do together and so um i would say that's that's definitely a big a big driver when we come uh to these big capital improvement uh decisions as well yeah yeah those are great examples um, and then what about in your hiring process? How do the core values make themselves apparent? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, hiring is so funny. We, we in, in um, you know, with my my peers and colleagues at other clubs, we've, we've been talking a lot with kind of the crazy process, but um, it's been really encouraging. Um, you know, we've, we're really encouraging one another to stick to our hiring processes. Um, for, first off, before I can kind of attach values and how we bring that into the hiring process, I need to explain a little bit. We, we just really believe in breaking down um, a lot of the, the, the barriers, which in the hiring process is really difficult because you have these dual motives, right? You have a, you know, employer that wants to make sure they're get, hiring the right person. You have a, you know, a, a candidate who wants to put their best foot forward, right? And it's, you know, they want to appear um, as good as possible so that, you know, you can come to an agreement. Um, and, and for us, it's, it's much more like, I just want to get to know you um, and, and everything about you. Um, and I think that that is, very kin to this idea of family, right? Is that when we bring someone in, especially a key hire, um, golly, we, we will go through multiple interviews. It could be an all day process. Um, when we hire someone, it's actually funny. We, one of, uh, one of our GMs and, and hopefully he'll get a laugh about this later. Um, I just don't think he expected to be interviewed as long. I mean, it was probably <laughs> four hours, <laughs> yeah. which to some people might sound crazy, but I really do believe it's because we're making this next level decision to welcome them into our family um, and that we treat them like family. And so the way that plays out is we take our time. We seek to break down those barriers that I would say are kind of normal in an interview process. Like, I don't need you to put your foot or your you know best foot forward. I, I really just want you to be as raw as you can, and that takes time. It does not just happen, right? You can say it all you want, but when it comes to the interview process, the way you conduct yourself, you know, the the way that you ask questions, um, the way that you seek to to also demonstrate a level of vulnerability, whether it's like, hey, here's the strengths of Crossgates, but here's also the weaknesses, and here's where we're trying to get better, right? If you lead out in some of those ways, I think it gives you a better idea um, that one, that person is able to see that there's some genuineness to it. I also believe that it gives them the ability to be more vulnerable as well, because at the end of the day, um, nobody expects a human being to be perfect. And so what we really want is that level of genuineness so we can know, hey, are we going in the same direction? The sooner we figure that out, um, the, the better it works out in, in the long run. Um, I would say another component that we love to see, too, is um, just how people how they laugh. Right. Like what yeah. makes them laugh? How do they how do they have a good time and have fun in the process? Um, because, man, work, work can be hard at times and we have to be able to laugh at ourselves a little bit. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's really important. And so um, every now and then, as, as long as a four-hour interview, interview sounds, hopefully there's a good chunk of that that we're laughing and cutting up and having a good time. Yes. Well, um, yeah, I think that's great. The time component is extremely important. And I feel like in the current environment, it can be very tempting to try to kind of cut those quarters or make the interview process go as quickly as possible. Because a lot of people are just desperate for, you know, workers. Yes, 100%. And I just to, to, to layer, like, it, it's a real struggle at this moment. And I think companies are trying to find ways to be lean, to get more done with less people. And so the only exponent on that is um, the biggest decision would be in that hiring process um, and making sure that you're finding those really key people that those expectations match you as an organization. And so um, just don't, don't shorten you know, don't cut corners on that. There's a, um, a really good book that I recommend um, all of our team that hires read. Um, it's called Who? And it's by, a, there's a research group attached to it, but W-H-O, Who? That's, that's the name of the book. And um, I don't know that it speaks to every hiring managers, like the way the people that they're talking about are, you know, it, it doesn't always cross over, but the principles um, the data and even some of the practical questions in that book, um, are really, really helpful. Um, and I would, I would throw in this one little tidbit too. I just don't really think people spend as much time on the hiring process as they think. And that's yeah. like me included, right? I'm like, Oh, well, people are the most important. But, um, if I break down my schedule, like how many times am I doing in an interview or how many times do I try to like squeeze that down? Or am I really having conversations with candidates that were like, maybe we didn't make the decision at that point, but am I building that relationship? And really, right. Some of the, the best conversations I've had in the hiring process is when I can go back to a candidate that maybe we didn't select at the time and I can go to them and continue to cheer them on wherever they are. Right. Or a candidate that was at our company and is possibly doing something else in a totally different industry. Am I seeking? Those are all things that I think contribute to this whole idea of your hiring process. It shows that I care. It shows that I still view them like family. Right. If your family member gets a new job. Right. Yeah. You don't just be like, oh, you know, they're not useful to me anymore. No, you cheer them on. Right. And um, and so anyway, those are just a few little tidbits. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I was going to ask on some strategies or ask about some strategies that you use to preserve reinforce and reinforce your culture. I think, you know, staying in touch with quote unquote family members is a great one. Are there any other examples you can share? Yeah, um, I would say, are you talking about ways that we, we um, reinforce culture in the hiring process or just in Just general. in general, in general. Yeah. So we um, we absolutely seek. I think transparency and trust is really really important. You know, to keeping that kind of close bond and connection. Um, so one of the things we do that we we actually took from somebody else in the industry. Um, uh, but you hear about this whole idea of a town hall. Um, 
And so we do a version of that, but we do it on Facebook and we stream it live so people don't have to show up in person. But it's really uh, our goal is to try to get into these more direct communication with as many people in the organization as possible. So it's it's kind of like this idea that, you know, hey, we're 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 not a publicly traded company, but we certainly want to feel that that sense of transparency. Right. And that people are we believe they they participate in the in the decisions in the process moving forward. We want to share that with them as much as possible. So I definitely um, think those meetings, we call them connect right? Our connect meeting, we want to connect with them. And so uh, it's a chance for us to get information out to team members, but it's also a chance for them to jump on. They can ask questions and, um, you know, they basically get direct access to um, Larry and myself and other team members um, kind of regarding these issues um, that that might pop up from time to time, or just, you know, to know that their voice is heard. Um, We also think that Peer-to-peer is super important, right? Like if it's always coming from Larry or myself or the the upper management, um, then, you know, sometimes like, is that really culture, right? Or is that a directive? Um, And I think culture and directives are very different things. Um, Everything needs a driver, right? So you need leaders, you need a directive, but culture is something that is, um, it continues on, you know, even when leaders aren't present. And so um, I really think we we have it, we call it the shout out program. It's really um, just a chance for people to recognize each other doing a great job, right? And for that to mean something, um, it's it's definitely, they they get, um, they can do it. Um, anytime they want online, there's a website, they submit a form, give the other person a shout out. It goes out on Facebook. And then uh, essentially whoever gets the most shout outs in a month, they also get a gift card. Um, and we do that for each of our clubs. Um, so it's a cool way to do some peer to peer. Yeah. I think also, that's great. We parties. Like we're big on parties. <laughs> we do events quarterly, you know, we have a big, we have our big annual party coming up here in December. Um, that's going to be really fun. So we're, we're always looking for a reason to, to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I love the peer to peer recognition too, because I mean, if you're just two people or you're a leader, it's really hard for you to be in all places at all times. You physically can't. So it can be right. hard to kind of know or catch employees, maybe doing good things that you just wouldn't see. Yeah. I think um, probably the two big tools that have emerged um, in in really strong ways since the pandemic, one is the MXM tool that we use, the Medallia tool. Um, We live and breathe those things, and every team member that gets mentioned gets recognized. Um, And then we we did the same thing. We have a, a team member um, feedback report too, where they get to rank the organization. And, uh, that taps a little bit into the HR side too, where it gives them the ability to say things that might be hard. Um, and, but they, but they need to be said, right. And uh, there's lots of debate about, is that good? And the psychology of it and all that kind of stuff. But so far, uh, for our organization, it's been really a positive thing, right? Because, um, 
we know we care and we want to be able to have good, healthy conversations around those things. So good, bad, or ugly, um, that, that team member, um, eval that we send out regularly has been another really big plus for us. So if you're not doing those things, I mean, it's been a plus for us so far. Yeah. Well, that segues well into my next question was, which was just on um, maybe examples of how you take care of your employees, any unique things you do that you'd like to share. Oh man. Um, Yeah, we, we definitely one like to have parties and um, find ways to, to have a good time. Um, if I had to pick one you know, specific thing, um, I actually had a really good uh, conversation with a couple of guys on my round table about this recently. Um, it is, uh, so shout out to, to Cole and to Andy. Um, there's something to be said about showing up at the right time for a team member. Um, and that could be something as simple as, you know, they're going through a really hard time and they need a new set of tires on their car. Um, you know that they, um, they just had a loss in their family. And when you empathize with that person, you know, they need extra time off right? Like legitimate, like they don't, you know, they they don't need to take from their, their paid vacation or anything like that. They just need some time away. Um, and I think, um, I think those kind of off the book type things, they go a really long way. Um, they show people that, that you care, um, because you see what they're going through. Um, you empathize with the difficulty of it and then you, you act right. You have the, you have the ability to almost just jump in and kind of provide some, um, some care in the moment when they need it the most. Right. Um, and so I feel like those things, they go the furthest, uh, when it comes to showing the team members like that, that we care about them and that they really are part of the family. This isn't like just some, and, and everybody, you know, you're, you're going to have a difficult time in life. Right. So I feel like those are unique opportunities that we, um, that we get to play in, um, our team members' lives. Um, so I, I, that's probably the biggest one. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And again, I think that goes back to your all's culture because those are unscripted moments and they're not policy. It's just you being in tune and like you said, caring about your staff. Yes. And I would say too, to, to make that more culture, I mean, it's definitely something, it's not a policy, but it's something that we openly discuss when I'm with our general managers. And it's like, guys, I'm not going to know all of these moments, but I want you to be empowered. And I want this to be part of our culture is to step in and stand in the gap with our team members when they're having a hard time. And I see that happening around the organization. It motivates me um, as well to keep doing what we're doing. Cause look, if you're picking the right team members and you're going through that hard, you know, hiring process the right way, then you don't have to worry about the long-term ROI of that team member when yeah. you step in to help care for them. Right. If, if, if that's at all a question, then you kind of have to go back to the foundation of, you know, your team and how you pick people and having the right people on the team and all that kind of stuff. So it should be pretty easy in my mind, if you're doing the hard work at the beginning. 
Yeah, certainly. Well, um, I know you and Larry are also big advocates of reading. So I was wondering if you could quickly share a few maybe staple book recommendations to our audience or any new books that you've read that have been intriguing. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> the list is quite, quite long. Um, it's really funny uh, because we um, we are big into the Patrick Lencioni books, right? That's yeah. that's like required reading for all of our team. Um, and <clears throat> recently, there's a couple books that I started reading. Um, one is an Ed Millette book, The Power of One More. Um, and that was actually something we're reading. Um, I'm reading with some other guys. So that's a, a new, a new read for me. The jury's still out. I don't know. I don't, I, um, I, I don't, haven't gotten far enough into it, uh, to, to fully recommend it, but the one I definitely can, um, is scaling up. Um, and it's essentially just, um, trying to emulate what other successful leaders have done in, you know, creating, you know, really large organizations and kind of getting them to the next level. Um, and so that's definitely one that I, I highly recommend. And then there's a, a number of other books that would be completely um, boring for, for most people on the <laughs> pod, but I thought those would be the most, um, the most relevant. I, there's a, a, a long list of books that we have that are required for our team members. So if you want, I can share those with you um, as well. If you want to include it in the, in the notes or something like that, just as some more recommendations, but those are the two that, that I'm currently diving into the most. Okay. Awesome. I'll have to check those ones out. Um, well, and then, you know, just in general, can you speak to what's the importance of continuing education as a leader, whether it is reading or going to conferences, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, gosh, we definitely um, send our people and I myself and Larry, we are uh, in constant search of knowledge. Um, you know, I've, I've heard it said <laughs> the smartest people in the world learn from dumb people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I really do believe that building those relationships and going to um, lots of education is a key component to growing. Um, I, I often say if you're not growing, you're slowing. Um, and I, I just believe that um, you should map it out and have a plan. Um, we... Um, we have raised our continuing education several years now, um, our spend on that. And I think that kind of matches the culture um, of our organization, right? If, if you have a high level accountability in your organization, then you're going to have some, some A players and you're going to have people that want to grow and you, you really don't want to be the smartest person in the room. And so yeah. If they're not going outside of your organization to find and you're not feeding them that information, um, then you are stifling their growth. And at some point, they will um, they will not be able to help your organization grow because you you have stifled what they can learn. Right. Um, I want team members that are smarter than our organization is right now so that they can help bring us into the future, right? We, we know what we know. 
um, as an organization and we're, we're good at that, but you have to go out and see how other people are doing things to kind of challenge the norm of where you are. So absolutely. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be at URSA again. And, um, we, we, uh, love coming to y'all's events as well as a huge, um, you know, change for me the first time I went, I guess it's been a little, a little while. We had a couple kids in there, so I haven't been able to travel quite as much as I've normally been able Understandable. to. Understandable. So, yeah. yeah. But I'm oh, a huge, sense. huge proponent of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you're saying about, you know, hiring people who are smarter than you. I think it takes a little bit of humbleness as a leader to kind of admit that, but it truly is beneficial to bringing the organization forward. Yeah. And you um you won't be able to get to the kind of levels that it takes in terms of that um on your own right like i i won't be able to create that level of education for a team member i mean you guys um it's all the time that's all you spend your time on right is collecting information and knowledge and and then turning around and sharing it in a in a great way so um you know, we, we should, we should lift each other up in that way. Right. And so more organizations don't, don't cut that budget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, my final question is just what's a maybe last piece of advice you could share with other leaders. I, I would say, man, just persevere. Um, that that's been a word that we, um, we believe coming out of a pandemic, um, you know, which has obviously been something for our industry that's been difficult for a lot of people, especially leaders. Um, but I really believe that as a leader, you focus on principles and you make lots and lots and lots and lots of small decisions. And the more you can circle those back to these decisions, uh, these principles that we know to be true, um, then, um, perseverance kind of takes care of the rest, right? Success will follow in those ways. So just want to encourage people with that, you know, to, to persevere, don't give up. I know, um, things are, things are tough sometimes. And, um, if you haven't experienced a win or success lately, it's coming. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Well, this has been great, Nate. Thank you so much for your time and for coming onto the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This was great. Awesome. And that wraps up this episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. And if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at rachel at clubsolutionsmagazine.com.